Food is the language everyone speaks, but do we truly understand it? Between the conversations over organic food and GMOs, different diets taking the world by storm, and how what we eat actually impacts our environment, there's no shortage of things to learn about. Hi, I'm Karel Vega. And I'm Cheryl Kirschenbaum, and this is Serving Up Science. Karel, can you name our tastes? Of course. Sweet, sour, bitter, and let me think, uh, is it salty? That's right. And that's four. Do you know the fifth taste? I didn't know there were five. There are? I've got no idea. Umami. 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 What? Umami. It's what we associate with a savory experience that can be difficult to describe. Think of miso soup or seared meats. Umami. Okay. Umami as a term combines the Japanese characters for delicious and taste. So where does it come from? In the early 1900s, a University of Tokyo scientist named Kikune Ikeda was thinking about the taste of kombudashi. And for our listeners unfamiliar with kombudashi like me, what is that? It's a kind of kelp broth. The story goes that he started pondering whether the savoriness of the dish was a biologically determined taste for something he couldn't quite pin down. Ah, a mystery. I love when we get to explore food mysteries on Serving Up Science. What happened next? Ikeda was determined to figure out what that something actually was, which involved chopping and sampling dried seaweed. And what did he figure out? That this savory taste was linked to the salt of glutamate, a type of amino acid which we find in many foods, but also that it's more than a taste exactly. It's a sensation. I understand what you're saying. Unlike bitter, sweet, salty, or sour, the kind of savoriness you're describing is something altogether different. Now the thing is, were you to sip the salt of glutamate, or a mixture of monosodium glutamate, or MSG for example, it wouldn't taste like much of anything. So umami isn't quite its own flavor, but rather something that enriches others. Give me an example. Pizza. Ah, pizza, one of the most universally loved foods. Now, MSG gets a pretty bad rap these days. Robin Tucker is assistant professor of food science and human nutrition at Michigan State University. She's been a guest on Serving Up Science before. As she explains, people really don't have much to worry about when it comes to MSG. People associated it with some unpleasant symptoms that they had after consuming it. But scientists really haven't been able to reproduce those symptoms reliably. So if people think that they are sensitive to MSG, it might not be the MSG itself. It might be something else in the food that they're eating. The umami effect is what makes the cheese and tomato combination so enjoyable. And both cheese and tomatoes notably also contain MSG naturally. The experience involves both taste and aroma, and umami heightens each. But scientists don't exactly understand how that happens. And that's because it works differently than our four basic tastes, sweet, salty, bitter, and sour. Those are also more clear-cut, and we know more about why we experience them. Sugars are essential for our bodies, so we crave that sweet taste. And we need a little bit of salt in small amounts, which tastes good while a pile of salt doesn't. Both bitterness and sourness can let us know if something we find is toxic or has begun to rot. And all of these tastes provide important clues linked to human survival. Okay, so what is umami for? No one knows. So this is a food science mystery we can't solve today. We can't, but we do know that glutamates themselves serve vital roles in human biology. For example, they make it possible for neurons to fire in our brains, and they also aid in digestion. They are present in breast milk, and umami receptors line the small intestine. But our bodies manufacture glutamates too, so we're back to wondering why umami? Why indeed. 
And we experience umami today far more often than our ancestors did. The increased prevalence of umami could also help people cut down on their sodium intake. Again, Robin Tucker. Umami has kind of a, a salty flavor, but it's, it's a little more complex than that. And you can use um, MSG instead of salt in cuisine to lower the sodium content of what you're making. So that's one potential health benefit. So while we don't know why it's the fifth taste, we do know it supercharges other flavors. Which, as Martha Stewart might say, is a good thing. It's a good thing. You've been listening to Serving Up Science, the podcast about food, its origins, and effect on the planet. This series is produced in association with Food at MSU. To hear more Serving Up Science, download the series wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Karel Vega. And I'm Cheryl Kirschenbaum, and this is WKAR. Wait, wait, wait. We have to tell listeners about the MSU Science Festival. Serving Up Science will close out this year's MSU Science Festival. And you can be there for the first live show. That's right. The very first time we'll be in front of an audience. It'll be an experiment of sorts. And we'll have fun, and you might even learn a little something about your taste buds. Join us April 20th at the Kellogg Center at 7 p.m. We'll see you there. 